Welcome back to Thirsty the Podcast. I'm Laura Koo. And I'm Heather McGee. Today we're talking about the secrets of a matchmaker with Daphne Poiser. Welcome, everybody. As a reminder, please share the show with your community, anybody who you feel would be interested in Thirsty Episodes. And remember to rate, review, and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited for our guest today. Daphne Poitzer is the founder and CEO of Fern Connections, an LGBTQIA plus matchmaking and coaching company. After noticing a lack of diversity within the world of same-sex specific dating services, Daphne sought out to create her own company founded on the principles of greater gender, sexual, and romantic inclusivity. Burn Connections was started in 2020 and now has headquarters in Texas and Georgia. The company services individuals nationwide within the United States. Daphne, we are so glad you're here. I can say that we have wanted to bring on a matchmaking expert to the show for a very long time. So I'm so excited. You are our first one and we're so excited to have you here. First off, I think it'd be great if we have a little bit of context. Can you share a little bit about how and why you started Fern Connections? Um, I started the company in 2020 after becoming a widow. I was transitioning. So I thought, you know what? Let me figure out what I want to do. I know I want to leave corporate America. I'm tired. I've done this for a long time. And so um, in 2020, I retired from corporate America and then um, the pandemic happened, right? And so I was trying to figure out what am I going to do? So I started going to these LinkedIn lives and stuff. And I started learning about modern matchmaking. At the same time, you know, I don't know why. I'm just going to say this. I don't know why. I hired a matchmaker for myself, right? Thinking, okay, you know, even though I was ending, I had, you know, the end the relationship had ended. Uh, it had ended a long time ago. It ended in 2019, you know but it really ended a long time ago, right? And so I thought, well, let me find my own matchmakers. I, I was looking into that. I started learning about Modern Matchmaker and that's kind of how it all, it all got started, so. Yeah, and I read quite a bit about your story and I thought it was really fascinating that at, I believe some of the articles that I read about your story, that you were looking for love for yourself during COVID and you realized that there was a lack of resources and a lack of options and that that was something that you saw that you could probably help with. And I thought that was pretty cool. Can you say more about that part? You know, I can because, you know, I'm in Texas. Um, and for all of y'all who can't see me, I'm a curly haired black woman, right over 50. And so and short, let me just say that I'm also short. Um, <laughs> that makes a difference. But um, so I'm looking for, um, you know, a matchmaker so that I can find, you know, my person since I, you know, I thought, you know, it's time for me to actually find my person now, right? I've done all the things that I thought I should have done as a wife, you know, and, and you know, fulfill that role, right? And so now it's my turn. So I started looking for a matchmaker and I was told by several people, oh, we can't find you anyone. And then you're over 50 and you're a black woman, right? I'm like, are you kidding me? So this is when I realized, you know what? There has to be a better way. <laughs> you know, if people are telling me this, right, then what are they telling other people? And so that's when I decided to um, focus on LGBTQ plus, right? So there was like, I know it's a full story, but there was like a lot of stuff happening 
in 2020 that kind of brought me to this place, right? Now, one thing that I was excited to talk to you about, and I am actually very curious about, so I, I'm in a relationship right now, but I have definitely been on and off of apps at times. And there are times where I thought about maybe I should try something different and try working with a matchmaker. Can you kind of talk about what are the, what's a top advantage or what are the differences you see in working with a matchmaker versus on an app? But when you work with a really good matchmaker, right, they'll do all the legwork for you. You don't have to like worry about that. They'll go find the person. They'll vet the people for you. I mean, um, and to me, the time that you save, right? And not only that, I mean, it's a lot of work trying to find someone, you know, to try to find a long-term person, right? So to have someone who's on your side doing all the due diligence for you, you know, so that you don't have to, right? And, and, and bringing you people that are so compatible with you um, that, you know, you should be able to find a match regardless, right? Whereas when you're on the dating apps, it's it's so tough, right? It's like you don't know who's on the app. You don't know if they're real. You don't know, you know, what their situation is, right? Now, having said that, I'm not like a, a person who hates dating apps, right? I have a love-hate relationship with them, and I tell this to everybody. And I actually coach some of my clients on how to use dating apps effectively, right? And I spend a lot of time doing a lot of research on lots of different dating apps to try to figure that out, right? And so I don't think dating apps are horrible, but I do think that using a matchmaker is so much more efficient and effective and time-saving that it's just better. It's, it, if, if you can afford it, if it's something that you can do. I would say, yes, you definitely want to use a matchmaker over dating apps in any day. Well, I like the use the word coaching too, because I, one of my friends actually, she, she's been da- using dating apps and someone that was a matchmaker reached out to her and said, Hey, I have a client that I, I found you online. I actually think you would be a really good fit for this person. And it was an interesting conversation. She hasn't tried it out yet, but something that she thought was interesting was that she realized that this person was able to coach and like ask questions and be like, well, I don't know if you, like Laura and I have talked about quite a bit about some of the people we've gone on dates with. It's like, wow, I wish, you know, cause Laura and I kind of coach each other at times. And I don't know that everybody's got that. And there are people we'd go on dates with and be like, wow, I really wish they had a friend to tell them certain things that might benefit them and how they show up in dating and relationships, that that would be really helpful that you don't get that on an app. No, and you know, one of the things that I always say to people that if I couldn't coach that I wouldn't match, right? Um, because a lot of people think they're ready. And me, I'm a great example of that. You know, I thought, okay, in 2020, I thought I was ready. And I really wasn't ready, right? I really had some work to do. And so I needed a relationship coach to help me to get back to a better place. I mean, I was already using my therapist anyways, right? But I needed someone to coach me on how to be in a a relationship again. I mean, I was married for 32 years. And so coming out of that and then into this new way of dating, right, of dating apps and all the people, I mean, the millions of people that you have access to, right? It's like, what do you do with this, right? And so I literally, you know, had to have a, a relationship coach for myself so that I could get all the garbage out, right? You know, learn how to like see things differently. And, and, and you know, let's just talk about it. Heal, right? A lot of it has to do with healing. They always think they're ready, right? It's like, I'm ready to start dating. I'm good. Yes, I was divorced six months ago, but I'm okay, right? But it's not really the case. It's like, they're not ready, you know? But you can't get them to realize that they're not. They don't want to do coaching. They don't. Don't want to do therapy. They don't want to see a counselor. 
they just think that they can just work it all out by themselves, right? And what happens is, is that they take all of their bad behaviors to the next person, right? And they just keep doing that, right? Until maybe one day, you know, they decide, okay, maybe it is me. <laughs> maybe I'm the common denominator here who's like, keeps, you know, who keeps messing things up, right? And, but it's hard to really get them to see that. Some of them are still very bitter and, and they don't even know it. Even though they say the right things, they really don't believe them, right? So I'm going to leave it there because I could talk about this forever, let me tell you. Yeah, no, you're <laughs> so right. I mean, I, I'm telling on myself a little bit. I know I thought I was ready to date a lot sooner than I was. Like now I look back on like, oh my gosh, who gave me a license to get out there? Because I was not ready at all. I think that's a common denominator for anybody getting out there and dating. You're you're not ready. No one's ready. I think nobody is ready when they get out there. And it's what you do when you're when you're going on those dates, like, do you realize that you need to take a step back or do you just keep on moving forward and hoping, like you said, Daphne, that eventually it will get better just on its own, which as we know, tends to not be the case. Um, <laughs> I think we could also talk about this all day. Daphne, <laughs> that there was one man that I dated for a bit and we had broken up and we stayed friends for a little while. And he had a conversation and he was like, Heather, I just don't know what's going on. I keep meeting these really great women because he would just date woman after woman after woman. And they were categorically amazing in all ways. Ambitious, successful, worked hard, good people, fun, great personality, attractive, you know, all of the like, all those things. And he said, I keep meeting these amazing women, but I just can't connect to any of them. And <laughs> very gently, I said, is it possible that you need to work on some things in yourself if you keep meeting great women and it never works out? And he like paused for a second and his answer was, no, it's definitely the women. <laughs> it's hard to find someone who's vulnerable and who's emotionally mature. And, you know, there's this thing that I like to say is that you can be strong and you can be soft at the same time, right? And that to me is the kind of guy you want. You want someone who can be strong and powerful for you when you need them, but you also want someone who can like be vulnerable and let their guard down and, and be okay with like being sensitive and emotional, right? And I'm going to just say one more thing before we move on. It's not your parents' fault. It's not, you know, there's a point in life. <laughs> where we have to take ownership and accountability for ourselves, right? We can't keep blaming the other guy. We, we can't. So to me, you know, that's where uh, sometimes they fall short is that they want to keep, you know, blaming somebody else. It can't possibly be me. It's my ex-wife. It's my ex-girlfriend. It was, you know, how my parents raised me. No, it's you. It's all about you. So Daphne, I'm sure that you hear all kinds of stories from your clients. Um, I'm sure <laughs> from sad to hilarious to wild, I'm, I'm sure you've heard it all. Um, but when you think about your, your clients and who you're working with, what are some of the biggest challenges you see them facing? Like what seems to be kind of commonly happening out on the dating scene? You know, um, one of the things I, I find, you know, is that, you know, everybody's hesitant. Everybody is so afraid that they're going to get hurt, they're going to get their heart broken, that they can't go all in, right? That's the biggest challenge is like, well, my ex did this, you know, or, you know, I'm so afraid, you know, I'm too old, or, I, you know, no one's going to love me for who I am. That is what I hear from everybody. And it doesn't really matter what ethnicity or what age or, you know, what gender 
none of that matters, right? Everybody is so afraid to be rejected um, that they don't want to go all in. They, they, you know, and, and that's the biggest challenge I see with most daters today is that, you know, let me go ahead and take it lightly. Even if I want something serious, I'm not going to admit it because if I get hurt, then it won't hurt as much, right? Because it, it was just a game. It was just a test. And one of the things I that drives me the most crazy about daters is when they say, oh, I'm just on here to try it out. I just want to see, I just want to see what's out there, you know? Uh, you know, I was I was kind of fussing about this the other day when people said to me, I just want to test it out. I'm like, test out what? What are you testing? You know, either you want to date or you don't. Either you want to find a serious person or you don't, right? There is no testing, you know, and and that is what I find with people is like, you know, they they want to softly dip their toes in the water, right? So that they can like, you know, not be so hurt or rejected by, you know, what happens, you know, um, while they're trying to date, right? Now, something I'm really inspired by you, Daphne, you have talked a lot, and I would love to hear a little bit more on your point of view, because I don't feel like we hear we hear this enough. You have talked about how right at the forefront, you founded Fern Connections on the principles of greater gender, sexual, and romantic inclusivity. Can you share more about what you mean when you put that as part of your mission statement? We differ from a lot of different companies because of that, right? Is that we want to be inclusive. I also work with the people who love and support them, which are allies in my case, right? Now, Daphne, I was really inspired by this quote from you that I just loved. And I actually think about from time to time because I thought it was really well, well said. You said, the thing that I'm most inspired by is the courage that younger people have to live their truth out loud and to be their authentic selves. There is one thing I wish the older generation would adopt from the new generation is their ability to unapologetically love and how to love who and how they please, regardless of what social norms say about the issue. Where what inspired you or could you say a little bit more about that? Yeah, you know, um, because I work with I want to say that, you know, I, I work with a lot of young people in the sense, not not for matchmaking, but mostly for coaching and stuff like that. And and they just have a different view on who we are as a people, right? As humans and not so caught up into that, you know, I have to look this way. I have to dress this way. I have to love this way. And that's what I like about younger people. Older people don't really understand that. Um, Now, Daphne, one thing that Heather and I have discovered um, through our friend groups, which I will also say that post-divorce, I feel like my friend groups have changed and opened up so much more um, during this time. And I feel like, Heather, you probably agree with that. So I'll speak for you. Um, But what we've noticed um, is that many people have, you know, kind of have some revelations happening in their life and some shifts in their gender expression or sexual orientation kind of in that that next phase. Um, What advice do you have for people who might be dating and what might be a totally different way for them than what they had experienced before? You know, one one of the things that I do love this, um, you know, let's find the human beings that we want to fall in love with, right? And it doesn't have to like be the person that uh, you've always chosen or the type of person you've always chosen, right? And that's the thing that I say to people, if you think about it this way, if you were married for 10 years, let's just say that, right? And you've known and you knew that person for 15 years. So, um, and you were in a relationship with them. And then you come out of that, right? Well, you're not the same person that you were 15 years ago, 
You know, you're a different person today. And I think that's where we need to allow ourselves the grace to say, I'm a different person so I can think differently. I can have different kinds of experiences when it comes to relationships. You know, one of the things that I tell my clients, and some of them are good at this and some of them are not, is to date multiple people at the same time. Some don't feel comfortable with that. But we're talking about dating. We're not talking about relationships here, right? And to me, things like just dating multiple people um, at one time is different for a lot of people today when they come out of relationships. Because typically what happens, and I may be right or wrong about this, but typically what happens, you meet your sweetheart, college, high school, whatever, right? You marry them, you have children, you get divorced, and now you're like, what do I do? What do I do? Because I don't know. I mean, I've been in this one relationship with this one person for a long time. And so we have that we don't have this mindset as to how do we, you know, spread ourselves in a healthy way across different suitors, right? We'll call them that or daters, right? Uh, and that's one thing that I think people can do differently. But I also think that people should just just be open to all the possibilities, right? Um, Jenna Lyons, you know, was dating and I think married to a man and now she's with women. And I see a lot of that. And I see a lot of that with men too, where it's like, you know, based on tradition, I went down that road of getting married and having children. And now that I'm over 50, I'm going to choose who I want to choose, right? I think that we should just like take away all the rules that we had growing up and just allow ourselves to just do whatever we feel like doing. You know, and I don't, I think that's what it is to me. It's like, don't fall back and go to those rules based on, you know, society or based on your upbringing that had you thinking that you could only date this kind of person. And so what I'm saying is that don't let all of that past stuff that, you know, that's no longer what I believe relevant as we, you know, move into how do we date in the future? How do we have relationships in the future? You know, um, dictate, you know, what that lo looks like for you. Because a lot of it is not relevant today. Yeah, I like that idea of what you touched on as far as dating multiple people. I think that scares so many people that, you know, that there's something wrong with it or there's some stigma around it. But I do think, like you said, it's not relationships, it's just dating. And by allowing yourself to do that, you're also not putting all of your eggs in one basket, which as we know with dating, if you put too much focus on one person in general, may not work out for you right off the bat. But I think it also allows you to kind of approach dating with that openness you were talking about, because maybe you are a little bit curious and you, you want to kind of feel things out. And if you're dating multiple people, you get to ex let yourself explore a little bit rather than, again, going to the patterns that you've always known and just sticking with that, which for better or worse, like I think also coming out of a big relationship is your opportunity to, you know, figure yourself out. Yeah. You know, I like what you said too, Daphne, about don't let like the way you grew up or the environment you were in dictate how you live your life and giving yourself that room to grow and explore. And if your heart's saying something to you, don't ignore it. And, and let me back up a little bit and, and maybe we become more confident in who we are, right? It's like, I know who I am and I know who I'm not. I know what I want and I know what I don't want. And then we start to be okay with the fact that, you know what, I'm okay with the fact that I don't have to be married. You know, 
for me, uh, even when I was 23 and getting married, I never liked marriage. You know, I got married because someone wanted me to be married to them. But today I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't marry someone just because they want to marry me. I've said no to a many people. And, and actually that, you know, kind of scared some people off. And they were like, if you're not going to marry me, then I'm not going to date you. And I'm okay with that, right? Because it's my decision and it's my choice, you know, and it's a conversation that even for me, um, I've said to my um, partners, like, you know, he was like, can we keep that on the table? I'm like, yeah, we can keep it on the table, <laughs> but, you know, it's going to be tucked <laughs> under a lot of other stuff, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but we can keep it on the table. I did say that, right? But I think it really should be about like, you know, what we as women, you know, or people want in our lives, right? And it, and it shouldn't be about always shouldn't be about the other person, right? Now, Daphne, many of our listeners um, are dating again after divorce or another major breakup. Um, What kind of mindset would you recommend as they start their healing journey? You know, I think just like for myself, um, and I think Heather said it too, is that you have to be ready, right? And, And the biggest thing that I say to people is like, your heart has to be good, right? Um, if your heart doesn't feel like happy, and I, I know it sounds crazy, but your heart has to be happy. It has to be jolly. It has to be open and ready for someone, you know, someone real. And if your heart isn't there yet, right? You know, because our brains and our hearts are two different <laughs> pieces of or parts that don't necessarily align most most of the time, right? So, you know, let make sure your heart is ready, you know, because your brain may say, okay, you can do this, you know, you know, it's been this amount of time. Um, but your heart has to be ready. And then on the flip side of that, don't let your brain you know, keep you from finding the right person or wanting love, because sometimes we allow ourselves to just talk, you know, we talk, we, we talk ourselves out of what we really want. Right. So even if your heart is ready, you're, you're good. Your heart is saying, I'm, I'm healthy, I'm fine. And then your brain goes, uh, but what about this? Right. So you, 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 there's this, these two things that I would say to people, one, make sure your heart is healthy and ready. And then you make sure your brain is not talking you out of what you really want, right? Because I spent a lot of time doing that. I'm not going to lie. I spent a lot of time, you know, um, overanalyzing and saying, you know, but what about if he does this? You know, what about if you know, he's <laughs> like the other guy, you know, you and, and you don't really need a, a, a relationship. You're good by yourself. You're you're very self-sufficient. You know, you're independent. You, you don't need for anything. So why would you need to be in a relationship? So those are the things your brain tells you. Right. And your heart is going, but, but your brain keeps saying, no, you can't do that. Right. And so, so those would be the things that I would say is that make sure your heart is ready. Right. And don't let your brain talk you out of stuff. Right. <laughs> Cause it will. I would say definitely that I can probably what about myself into any situation, but what about this? But what if they do that? I think that's such a common dating thing where you like want the best out of any situation. So you can just maneuver your way into it. Um, by very loosely convincing statements to yourself. That's why we need someone like you to tell us when we're wrong. <laughs> our brain can be our worst enemy at times. Yeah. yeah. Um, Daphne, <laughs> so we have a lot of our listeners are parents. 
a lot of them, you know, they are trying to manage raising kids while also going through a big life change and they're dating and trying to figure a lot of things out all at once. What are some advice that you would give to someone who I know for me, dating as a, you know, newly divorced mom was really challenging trying to find the right fit for me. Laura and I joke that we used to like have a formula like, well, we need someone who lives here with this age kids and they need to do this and they need to do that. And then I think it'll work. And it's like <laughs> hilarious. What is some of the advice you give to your clients that perhaps have kids in the mix or how, how can someone like that approach dating? You know, I see two things in people. I see the people who um, want to rush and and introduce people to their kids, right? And then I see people who are very hesitant. It's like they can't make a commitment. <laughs> they can't make a move because of their children, right? And so it's like people get stuck when it comes to really, really stuck when it comes to kids, right? And to me, it depends on how old the children are. So, I mean, I have some people who have small children and I'm matching them, Right. Um, and to me, it's like, I don't do the one for one thing, you know, uh, I think sometimes, and this is just how I work, um, that if you have smaller children, sometimes it's better to find a person who has no children, right? And people will say, well, they don't know anything about children, but most people do know stuff about children. Either they've like, you know, spent time with family or whatever that is, they have siblings, you know, and so they're used to family, right? So it's like, and they're used to people with children. So so that's not, to me, a, a reason not to date someone. The other thing is just not moving too fast. Now I'm doing a lot of thinking <laughs> back on like past dating situations I have been in. <laughs> All right. So Daphne, bottom line, as a matchmaker, what is the one thing, if there's just one thing listeners walked away with today, what would you want them to be thinking about? I would think about just like being ready, right? And if you're, you know, be make sure you're ready to start dating again. And then the other thing is is to know what you want, right? You know, a lot of times, especially on dating apps, people say they are ready, they want to be in this committed relationship. And then, you know, two months down the road, they're ready to like, you know, break up, right? Because they're they really don't want that. What they want is some fun and some companionship. And, and then when things get too serious, they're ready to like, you know, back off. Right. So I would say, you know, know what you want. And if you if you want casual, say you want casual. If you want serious, say you want serious. And the other thing I just want to say, because I think and I'm not I don't want to pick on women but a lot of times we don't ask the hard questions. Right. We live in this gray area. And it's like if we don't ask then we won't know. But then we can make a lot of assumptions and it's like, no, save yourself some headache and just find the person who aligns with what you're looking for, right? If they say to you on dating apps or wherever, I'm looking for long-term, but I will take casual, say no. That's a non-committal attitude. That's saying that I'm playing a game to see what will catch, you know, what will work, what will stick, and, and then I'll make a decision later. I say, make your decision for yourself. And if you're looking for a life partner, then that's what you look for. And all the other stuff, you can let that go to somebody else. 
That's it. Awesome. Daphne, it's been so much fun having you on. Um, I have always been curious about matchmakers. So this was really fun to like hear how you work through things and how you coach your clients. Um, you seem like a great advocate and coach to have in people's corners. So thank you for joining us today. And if listeners want to find you directly, where should they go? You know, the best way to find me is on fernconnections.com. That's where, you know, every... On all of our social, it's pretty much Fern Connections, um, but our website is fernconnections.com. Awesome. Okay, so we've been trying something new here on Thirsty. We're calling them date reports, and we've engaged correspondents from across the country to file field reports uh, about the state of dating out there on these streets. And today we are talking to Kit Ratliff. Kit is a non-binary monarch in their own right, but also a self-described complete disaster bisexual. That is a mouthful, but I love it. That is hilarious. <laughs> they can sometimes be found hanging out with their ex-husband, cracking divorce jokes that make everyone uncomfortable, my favorite kind, or just reading a good fantasy book. I should also mention that just like me, Kit is a Texan transplant who found their way up here to the snowy north, and we are thrilled to have you here, Kit. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thrilled to be here. I'm wearing my cowboy boot to represent our home state today. I love it. We are dressed <laughs> for the occasion. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, today you have a few things that you wanted to cover in your date report, but let's start off with this. I hear you have some very specific ideas about the red flags that you see in dating profiles. I do. My friends have said, maybe you should loosen up uh, some of those a little bit because they're very weird and very specific. Um <laughs> So step one, if the person is not smiling with their teeth in any picture, that is a no for me. Um, there's a vulnerability that comes with showing your teeth. Mm -hmm. and the vulnerability is what we're looking for. So if they don't smile with their teeth, they're out immediately. Uh, step two, if they have a picture of themselves at Machu Picchu, they're out. <laughs> Wait, why? Why? That's not a adventure. What don't you like? What do you have against Machu Picchu? I have seen thousands of the same picture of okay. people in the same spot at Machu Picchu. And I also think, so this is taglining, uh, taglogging with that is that if they say they're looking for a travel buddy or they like to travel, and I'm like, that says nothing about you as a person. We all like to travel. So like, that says nothing to me. You've been to Machu Picchu, great. How about like, you're, you're, what do you like to do like after work? I don't What's care that you beer? went to What's Machu your favorite brewery? I do have to say two things. One, yes. I feel that way about pictures at Mount Kilimanjaro. That's for some reason, apparently everyone's done it. Yeah. <laughs> and then also when people say things like, I'd like to meet someone who loves to laugh. It's like table stakes here. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, what, what am I supposed to do with that? Who yeah. doesn't like to laugh? <laughs> so you said, what's my favorite brewery? Yeah, like what's your favorite brewery or what's something you like to do every day or um, what's something you really care about? Because I think you're right. A lot of times people put in like, they're almost like do nothing pieces. Like I love to do this. I love to do that. Or for parents, this is something that I see or have seen quite a bit. Things like my kids always come first and that's a problem. Swipe left. It's like, duh, I, I should like, hope your yeah. kids come first. <laughs> duh. Like that, that should be. So like, I, I am a very passionate person about most of the things that I encounter, I love reading. I've really gotten into embroidery lately. Oh, so the granny yeah. crafts are a treat. I love quilting. So I feel you on that. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, I've, I embroider a little bit here and there. Um, but something I list in my 
dating profile as like something I really love and what I'm passionate about um, is I also have a master's in library science and my passion is thinking about fiction as a tool uh, for empathy training. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I love that. That is so cool. Yeah. So I just think if we use these fictional characters as a way to think about other people's feelings and all of the different ways someone can approach the same issue. I think that that could be really helpful in society and in kids and understanding how the world works currently and then also how we can make it better, perhaps. Is there anything if someone put it in their profile, you'd be like immediate green flag, like the opposite? Oh, any person that says that they're in therapy Mm-hmm. If they mention their therapist, I'm like, yes, we love therapy. <laughs> that um, means I they won't bring my... it all to you, right? Yes, exactly. That is not the point of partnership or friendship. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've been seeing my therapist for seven years now. So like, that's a big one. You are young, you are divorced, and you are freshly out. So how does that affect your dating choices and finding the right match for you? It's been a journey. Um, Whenever I got married, uh, the dating app scene was not really a thing. And so I was divorced and I was in my late 20s and I was like, what is this? How do I work it? Uh, And then also I didn't come out as non-binary until um, the pandemic. And so that's new to me and figuring that into sexuality and how does that play into my role in a relationship and then getting rid of toxic thoughts that I've held on to for a long time. So it's, it's been really hard, honestly, to, to find out what I'm looking for and prioritizing the right things for myself Um, like what I've found in being single all of this time is I really value my time and my space. Um, Mm -hmm. that's something I felt so free after getting divorced is like, I was like, I have all of this, this room is mine and this kitchen is mine. Like, that's so crazy. I have all of this time for me. Wow. Um, and so it, it's been really cool to build my life, how I've wanted to see it. And so now I'm very protective of that. Um, And so (laughs) dating has gone up and down and it's been a journey, but I think more recently it's been about finding someone who has a life, (laughs) you know, yeah, Um, someone who has built a life for themselves. And now it's, it's, I always like to say that like a partnership is not two becoming one, it's two people becoming a pair yeah. Um, cause there's two whole worlds that are just connecting, not merging. And so it's been hard. I think that not everybody has that kind of outlook on their lives and their perspectives. Mm-hmm. Also for me, I'm young, <laughs> I'm young yeah. and I'm divorced, which is not something I encounter a whole lot is someone who's yeah. 30 and it's already through a marriage. Um, Well, if I could pop in on that one reframe, I might propose if this resonates with you. I think that is such a good thing because you figured out you were on the wrong track, perhaps, you know, and and we'll kind of get to this, but you have a great relationship with your ex-husband now. I would reframe 
as a proposal that you figured out that maybe you needed to adjust course at an early age before you had gone too far down that road. And so I, I see that as like such a gift when I see people that have gotten divorced young and they feel like you do like, Oh, I feel a little weird. I made this commitment. And I was like, never mind, I was wrong. <laughs> and they feel weird yeah. about it. But I think, I, I don't know, just my personal perspective is like, wow, what a gift. You figured that out. Yeah. Early on. Some people don't figure it out until they're way down their life. I'm like, wow, I made a big mistake years ago and I should have corrected yeah. it and I didn't. I definitely value the experience that I've had um, and the amount of work that's been put in and the results um, that have come out. I think what's hard is finding someone that aligns with my not perspective, because it's okay if we have differences, but like there's a level of maturity. There's a level of, you know, outlook that I think is missing in other people that are 30 that haven't had that like deep connection with someone and they've had to grieve that loss. And so I think that sometimes it's a disconnect with people um, in my age range because of all of the hard, 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 hard stuff that I've had to do. Yeah, I get that. Now, I know you also have thoughts on encountering biphobia, transphobia, and the LGBTQ plus dating world. Can you kind of talk a little bit about that and what your experiences have been? Yes. So whenever I... <laughs> and people can't see on the red kids just look at me like, yes. <laughs> it is so weird. So especially when you start in the dating pool, presenting as a woman um, and how much attention you get immediately um and it, it seems effortless to to receive attention and get those conversations started and get those dates you know set up um and then i came out as trans non-binary and the attention dropped significantly and i'm just talking about on the apps in particular in life i'm charming can confirm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're feeling this too, Heather? Oh my oh, God. Yeah, yeah, maybe we should go for uh, a drink. I hate to travel <laughs> and I love granny craft. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it it's discouraging at first because you have this mindset of like, no one likes me as me. Yeah. And then you have to reframe it as like, this is just a dating app and like, I'm confident in who I am. And that's what matters. And if someone's going to like me, they're going to like me. Yeah. That being said, I would like to date, please. <laughs> you know? yeah. I would, I would love to date. Um, I have a lot of love to give. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it's an interesting inner battle in that regard of just being a non-binary person on the apps and just, I have a type, you know, I have an attraction to certain kinds of people. And so it's all gotten very specific yeah. instead of weeding through, which is, it's just a change in how you think about it. Um, now, when it comes to biphobia, I recently went on a date with a girl and in our conversations, uh, she talked about bi people, specifically by women that are in relationships with men maybe even straight men. And and she had a perspective that these women should not advertise the fact that they're queer and that they're taking up too much space in the queer community and the queer voice. Oh, wow. 
<laughs> I was just blown away that she would say that a on a first date yeah her conversation topic on a first date but like there's space for all of us that's the point of the queer community is that we are all queer and it's okay to celebrate that yeah. I have so many girlfriends that are in relationships with straight men and but they are queer and it's okay for them to say so because they are like that just doesn't make yeah. any sense to me and so uh, that was my first time kind of encountering that from a queer woman I was yeah. like what and also, many layers of how that would have been so many to hear. <laughs> yeah, to quote John Mulaney, we don't have time to unpack all of that. <laughs> <laughs> but it also got me thinking that she she listed herself as queer on the dating app, and I am non-binary. Um, but on our date, she talked about dating women, and specifically men, women with a masculine energy. And like right. that's kind of what she was attracted to. And so I was just like, but I am not a woman. Do you know that? Do you recognize that? Do you celebrate that? Because I am not a lady. Right. So I just got really in my head on that date. So it was just an interesting encounter. And I wonder if that's also something that, you know, is, is contributing to the lack of attention on the apps. It's like people's internal transphobia. Yeah. I know that I still have internalized transphobia, of course. We all have internalized crap, you know. Right. So. How did you feel after that date? Like, that that would be a lot. Like, I, if I were to put myself in your shoes imagining, I think I would go home and just be like, huh, for like a while. Yeah. No, that is the exact energy. I was just on the way home with my eyebrows cinched together. I was so confused. Just like, yeah. this is what we're up against like this is what I'm out here looking for I don't think so yeah it caused a whole questioning of dating and like right am I interested in women every bi person probably knows the the whole am I actually bi or am I just gay or am I straight it's like an ever-going saga (laughs) of journey (laughs) what a journey several book volume journey (laughs) well I think one last question I have for you Kat you know where are you at right now are you looking to date are you looking for relationships kind of where's your head at right now yeah I love dating I I'm more of a relationship person um I like to be focused um I have I'm a very passionate person like I said earlier so I like being able to focus that on something um And so I'm on the apps. I'm not giving it a ton of my attention and energy, though, because what's most important is that I'm living a life that makes me proud. And right now that's I'm living that. So, um, yeah, so that's me. I love relationships. I'm starting to try to understand non-monogamy because I see that that's a huge deal in the queer community. Um, That's something I see a lot on queer profiles so I'm just trying to understand that and see if it's something that might work for me and if not that's fine I just want to know all about it well if you want to get a good start you should start with (laughs) Dedeker Winston who was our guest on the show last week and she has tons to say about that I will say she is 
delightful. So Good. if you want, if you need like any recs, that Dedeker is a great place to start. I will say. I am writing it down because <laughs> I do, I want all the info. And if there are books, I love reading, of course. So <laughs> I'm you can library science it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think that's all the time we've got here today. Kit, I want to thank you for being here with us today. This was great and for filing this report for us. And I want to say thank you to all our listeners. We're going to be back with a new episode next week. And that time we are asking the question, is codependency ruining your relationship? Real dramatic. With Carla Romo and Sherry Gaba of The Love Fix. Should be a good one. Until then, I hope everybody has a great week. Still thirsty? You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Thirsty the Podcast. Share this show with your community. Rate, review, and follow us wherever you get your podcasts.